You are now about to witness the crushing awesome might of the U.G.S. Robinson Show Stopper! Ha ha ha! time! Welcome, my friends! <laughs> to a show that seemingly never sort of ends. That could be good or bad. This is version. <laughs> Version or two, oh, a four ah, of the years Robert Show Sauber. We're going to talk about mm, mercy today. <laughs> and the Oopsie, the BKFC, Detroit Dust, and everything I can fit in an hour. I got stuff to do after. I got to write the decibel column. I'm going to write it about Old Man Gloom. No, not Old Man Gloom. I'm going to write it about Caven, the band, I think. But before that, Stigmata, another band. Intro, All of Nothing is a bumper music since 2007, Mr. Is. Record, it's called Calling of the Just Intro, All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Ellington Beach, California, where they shoot you death in the nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and when you may approach him out of town, listen. Could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. All right. All right, mina friend, mis amigos. <laughs> uh, uh, Eugene, that's the Japanese. Uh, what other languages can we? Uh, Tobarish, Russian. I'm starting to get tab tapping out here to the, the languages. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, this, is, this is later than usual. Um, that's all right. Maybe some of you can make it. It's a free floating thing. You know, I've done the show from Lyon. I've done the show from Copenhagen. I've done the show from New York. I've done the show from Paris. I've done the show all over the place and I'm in California right now, but the time is free floating, but at least I bring it to you on Sunday and bring it to you raw. Um, earlier on in the day, we, we recorded, uh, uh, care, don't care. Um, the sub stack is out. If you know anybody who's busier, you let me know. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Idle hands are the devil's playground. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, no, or the devil's playthings. So I, I try to stay busy. In, in any case, uh, uh, before we even get to that, let's get the commercials out of the way. 
Pinko95014 at yahoo.com if you want to go the PayPal route. I got to remember all this stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash the stomper if you want to go to Patreon, you know, bet it, forget it, right? Eugene-Robinson-28, I believe, is Venmo, and Cash App is Planet, capital P, Planet, capital O, Ox, capital B, Bow, Planet Ox, Bow. So, or you could do it the way uh, Tommy Pounds does. He sends, uh, he sends uh, cash the old-fashioned way, except he then he sent the check, and I can't find the fucking check. Sorry, Tommy. You, you, you get to, you get to keep your donation that much because I, I looked all over for it and I can't find it. And as you might imagine from a man with hair like mine, the place might be a slight mess. <laughs> might be a slight mess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did the show. That's right. You, Mr. Is remembers when I passed out at the dinner. It was fun. <laughs> I, you know, you might think that that was a low point. And it would be if there weren't lower points. <laughs> did, did I mention I was also pantsless? <laughs> also pantsless. Uh, passed out at the dinner, farting, also pantsless. Hey, man, it, it, that, that, that was in Poland, and that was a, I don't know, what could you tell? I, 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 I've got no explanation. Uh, <laughs> Say, you know, how is it you you you, you got to be careful out there? You me too too. I go, how is that even possible? Those guys are always trying to be slick. I'm like the least slick guy ever. Say, like, hey, I I I got a good idea. <laughs> really? What's that? And whatever idea just comes out of the mouth. There's no trickery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Anyway, so uh, uh, got the commercials out of the way. Also, uh, I was going to wear it. I failed to. The black metal Oxbow shirts are here. Uh, their uh, merch table is where they are. I gave them 71. I'm not doing any more. I got I to empty out. I got to plan for this move in four years. I got I to gotta lighten the load. No more than 71. I will call up a merch table in Lawrence, Kansas and find out how many of them they sold, but there'll be no more. I, I'd like to be able to tell you, I think they came out with it Wednesday. I'd like to be able to tell you there are 11 left. I don't know. But if you go to uh, type in Oxbow merch table, it will come up. I suggest you get one. Uh, it's not only a black metal front, but it's got black metal stuff on the back. And it's got uh, some uh, a song lyric. Nice. Yeah, I'm moving out of the country. I, I'm going to try to stay ahead of disaster this time to rip off a line from my friend, Jamie Stewart from Juju, who's doing the same thing. I've been here since 1980. At the point, listen, let me tell you, the post box where I get my mail, the people who were here when I got here have died, been arrested, or have retired a long time ago. I'm on the third generation of postal people. I know their kid, I know their grandkids. I've been in California since 1980. And I still hate it. It's just 42 fucking years. Enough is enough. Now, you know, uh, I, I set the date at years because that's how long it's going to take for 
me to get things right. <laughs> That's what I'm anticipating. I want to do it outside of Lola getting out of college. And I also, I'll share this with you. I don't know why I would it. Let's take a little detour. You asked, I, I will identify it. I also have been wanting to pull the trigger on another, eh, for those listening on SoundCloud, I just held up a statuette of Popeye, but not an American bulldog, not this time. And uh, I've got a, I've got a plan. And uh, a friend of mine runs a business called Primal Canine, and he trains dogs for uh, for athletes and people who have a lot of money. But uh, I've been up in this guy's business for a long time. I'm sure he'll he'll give me a break. So I want to get a dog. And in the old days, back when I had the 200-pound rot, um, tried to get uh, a dog for uh, protection training. And the guy, Bill Sheriff, who I'm quite sure is dead now, was like, ah, you know, you got to have liability. Why don't you just do general obedience? And da 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 You know, okay, general obedience. Well, Primal Canine, I think in Morgan Hill, California, he does everything protection and guard um yeah it would be appropriate for Popeye protection and guard and it's hard to find somebody to actually do do protection Mike is a guy I know Mike Jones from jiu-jitsu understands that a man like me might have needs for protection they pretty much take your dog and then like you know six months later you got a fully protection trained dog so this is what I'm going to do I'm going to get two of them. I'm going to get two presser canarios, and I'm going to move out of the country. <laughs> I'll still do the show. I'll just do it from undisclosed location. You know. <laughs> I can't get into it more than that, where I'm going yet. If you've been listening, I probably said, because I'm a blabbermouth, but uh, that's not the point. Uh, the point is that where I go, I think the dogs have to be I have to take an owner owner training class in order. And what I'm trying to avoid is the dogs to uh, is to be quarantined. So I'm going to have to fly into a place where they're not quarantined and then drive them into into the into the place where I desire to live. And then, you know, at that point, whatever happens, happens. Zombie apocalypse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, those. Hey, you know what? Those you, you can't let a, a, a murder get in the way. <laughs> so that was terrible. You ever been attacked by a dog? I have. It's not cool. The problem with getting attacked by a dog, and I digress from the digression. The problem with getting attacked by a dog is that people fight dogs. They try to fight a dog like a dog fights. And I've been much more successful fighting a dog the way a human fights, right? Like, like some people will like, uh, they figure they'll compromise one arm, let the dog latch on to one arm, and then they'll try to punch. No, no, you need both your hands. Bit, 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 bit. You can light that dog up. You're not really going to hurt a dog with your fist. Um, but once you get your, once you get your thumbs, you know, Dog bites your fingers. You can hold the mouth shut and dig your thumbs into the eyes. You put a dog's eye. I've gone down. I, I digress. <laughs> I, I I digress. 
And I also want the, the little one to be a little older. <laughs> That's why I'm waiting a little bit. Anyway, anyway, I've been attacked by dogs. So listen, uh, 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 how we got here. Um, you know, I think a lot, I think a lot about, about these big ticket things that we named, that we named like honor, loyalty, grace, goodness, you know, these, these, these macro, these macro things. Right. And, uh, and something had been in my head. Right. I, and I, 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 you know, if you've read the Substack, you know, I don't want to describe it as a work in progress because that's always said by cheesy people about cheesy things, right? But it, it, like, for example, it took me three or four book tours before, um, um, before it took three or four book tours before I actually got it right. I realized after the first fight book tour that I was telling stories about me connected to the book that if you were to listen to those stories in aggregate, you know, fundamentally had me like a superhero. Not that I was doing anything fantastical, but that fundamentally I was using my powers for good. I was beating up uh, the guy who attempted to rape a friend of mine. I was, uh, did, did, you know, this and that. Uh, and I said, you know what? That That is the idealized version of me as understood by me. Okay. So if, if I'm going to stand up and waste people's time, if I'm going to stand up and waste people's time, I got to be frank and honest about it. There's the only benefit. And of course, as soon as people get comfortable, what do you see on these book tours? Everybody starts doing this. They start holding up their fucking phones. And I say, you know what? I'm not a fascist about this. You guys can, you guys can record all you want. I'll just talk about my last dental visit. Boyarski was my dentist. Interesting guy, former Air Force guy. Not as interesting as what I was going to say, but I don't care if you tape the conversation about Boyarski. The stuff I was going to tell you, I don't want I want you to look me in the eye while I talk about it. That's what I want you to do. And people put their phones down outside of Belgium where I had to fist fight the audience. That's another story. And that wasn't that wasn't a book tour. So then, you know, I had to do like three or four book tours where I finally got around to telling, having a real even rendering of who it is that I was, Rashomon style. Probably from the point of view of the guy whose head I stomped, probably from the point of view of me, of the people around. So by the fourth book tour, a couple of things happened. I felt I was giving a much more honest portraiture of the person who wrote the books and I was getting more walkouts. <laughs> yeah. People are a little sensitive in Portland, Maine, apparently, or Brussels again. <laughs> but I, I felt like that was my obligation, both to myself. Um, you know, you hear people, Scientologists talk about clears. I, I, it's a bullshit concept, but I like that. Like when I denied that friend of mine uh, uh, some of the dreaded. If those of you may know, that is my slang for LSD. And I said, because your soul is dirty. And he goes, oh, now you're getting religious on me. I said, it's not religion. There's stuff that you got to deal with before you start opening those doors of consciousness. Otherwise, they come rushing through and I don't want to have to be your trips doctor. Deal with this stuff and then come around to seeing things the way they should be. Consequently, he's never done it.
So, you know, so I, so I think about the, these big ticket items and by the end of that book tour, uh, by the end of the fourth book tour, I was given a real one-to-one rendering. So with, in regards to the Substack, this is largely, this is largely where I am. I don't really, I kind of like go, you know, not to get all weird and mystical, but I'll close my eyes. Now I think about, you know, what, what, what is, irked me enough this not even irk because it makes me sound like a creepy stand-up comedian what has what am i thinking about and so i keep thinking about this thing and you know i have the fights as a diversion you know and then i got the decibel column as a diversion and i've got my you know my real my real you know vp at wong duty thing i've spent a lot of time thinking about that but then my mind kept returning again and again like a dog to vomit to the thing I wrote about today, which is the whole Aussie weirdness. Now, you use of all people, because you were the, you were the, I mean, that's why I said, if ever somebody were to pick up this show or if the shoes fit or whatever, you all have the benefit of, of being a, the subterranean language, the sotto voce, you understand. You've been, if you've been listening, the longer you've been listening to the show, the more you understand the past nine years, all the dark whispers and mutterings I've been, I, 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 I've been, I've been making. And so now, so, you know, the story burst about Hugh Grant. I'm not going to tip the hand. I'm not going to re-explain here. You just got to read the substack about Hugh Grant, who wrote this article ostensibly about, about uh, uh, Ozzy. And, and I, I start to think like, uh, like Jay Z went through a period like that, where a guy who, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, man, like where Jay Z, a guy who made so many right moves, suddenly starts making wrong ones. He he throws in with Barney's after they fucking brace this kid who saved up for eight months to buy a belt, and they brace him two blocks from Barney's. That we think you stole it. You think I stole the belt? You mean this one that I have the receipt for? Well, could you come back with us? That's the point at which I start swinging. You look at that fucking receipt and you look at the belt and you leave me the fuck alone. And Jay-Z is falling in line behind Barney because he's got a deal. Stop it, businessman. So so I, I start to think, okay, you got busted for falsifying, for well, for, for counterfeiting a real person in order to secure 40 million dollars of financing from from you know from Goldman Sachs on top of that you're being quotes and ads on the sides of buses in Los Angeles quoting publications from Los Angeles and don't think anybody's going to say hey I never read that in there and then it turns out it was you who said it about you. Okay, so maybe that was done in the in the fever slip of madness back when they were making the claim that the COO had had had, had mental issues. But last week, last week, Hugh Grant, you hired a company to do do to print up your press release as though it was a in tech bullion, as though a real article. And I was like, what what's happening? You know, it's unpopular these days with political correctness to use the word crazy anymore. You do realize this, right? Like you can't use the word crazy. Now, listen, I, 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 you know, I'm not big on political correctness, but I like the argument. 
You can't use crazy because crazy is not specific enough. Right? You might describe Roy Nelson as fat. We know from Mike Kogan that that's just Roy Nelson's shape. That Roy Nelson's cardio is killer. He can run hill, run 10 miles a day, run you under the table. Eating greens and all, that's just his shape. Genetics, something, whatever. And then I say, you know, I did say last time that I wouldn't write about Ozzy again until somebody was indicted. Insane. I, I, I prefer, I prefer, I prefer what I start to use nowadays is unwell. Because that is as amorphous and as wide sweeping and Catholic as any description you might find. And it gets to the heart of what I'm talking about. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. All right. How you doing? I'm unwell. That says it all for me. I got you. Mass casualty. <laughs> Perpetrator right here. Got you. So I, I just I can't I can't I can't. I can't figure it out. And then, of course, in my head, the the, the battle between, you know, the, the dark angel is like, well, you know, haven't, ha- haven't you had enough, Eugene? This is when I tracked down Anton LaVey to talk to him about the nature of evil. What I was trying to do was to get him, see if he understood that feeling that I had, that I recognized in myself in the midst of a, of a street fight. You know, the, 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 the phrase in Italian was hysteria passio. They, they use it to describe the sensation where you're standing off of a, on the edge of a cliff, the desire to throw yourself off of it, overwhelming desire to throw yourself off of it, which is really just a way to resolve the tension and the conflict, right? I mean, I had a guy, I knew a, a guy who used to work for me. His seduction tactic was to remove the comfortability I came out from my bedroom once when Lydia Lunch stayed over at our house and he's sitting, she's in a, she's in a rocking chair reading and he's sitting behind her, giving her a neck massage and you can't fuck with you. It's Lydia. You're not going to, he's like trying to get close to, to capitalize on the tension that he's imagining that she's created. And so I come in the, in, into the living room from in front of them and she's just as peaceful as he can be. And he's like, trying to do his like weird kind of Dracula magic. It's just not working. Right. So the, the hysteria passio that, that you feel when you're on the edge of a cliff and you're going to throw yourself off, you know, this this rising, this thing in the middle of a, of a of a of a of a of a street fight where you start to feel this 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 beast rising, you know, and and I you know I, there was a magazine cerebellum or cerebrum or something I don't remember and they talk about what happens in the brain when that happens and they talk about the neurons and the chemical receptors that pass that let the the you know electronic impulses that comprise thoughts pass from neuron to neuron and they they have some of the chemicals are breaks and that most of the people in jail for murder underproduce this chemical so that they end up. They can't get ahead of the videotape. For me, it's always been, I, I got a videotape in my head. And I and I, I, I watch the videotape and I go, I, and they've described this with the chemical thing, the abil- the foresight ability to, to effectively and accurately predict the outcome of your actions, right? Your, your, your self-regulator. 
and I could feel myself, you know, just pushing everything like in Citizen Kane when the wife leaves and the, the crystal ball falls off the table and, and he just flips out and destroys the whole room. I can feel that id in a Freudian sense, shoving everything off of the fucking table in me. And I was beating this guy and I could just, this is the guy who attempted to rape that, that friend of mine. And I could just feel like there was nothing that was going to stop me from murdering this man. And in fact, the only thing that did stop me from murdering this man was <laughs> the, the, the Dominican drug dealer in the apartment above where I was beating this guy probably to death, who took his gun and was against the door, against his window frame was, yo, leave him alone, man. I was like, and I saw the gun and I knew I had some shit in the car that we pulled up, the car popped up on the curb. I've written about this before for Ozzy. And I was like, could I get to there before he was, but I, you can run fast, but you're not going to run. And you know, the guy clearly didn't want to murder me, but he just wanted me to not bring the cops to a block where he was selling drugs. So you get the fuck out of here with that shit. And it broke the spell. In other words, it allowed my foresight to catch up to where I was, but it, it was this animal, this, like nothing else. The only way I, you know, it's like, it's like a second before you're about to blow your load, that sensation, like... Here we go. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And Anton LaVey is like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck would evil or evil. I said, well, I don't want to use the word evil because it has moral shadings. And it just, okay, he goes, evil. Evil is what doesn't feel good. I go, a root canal doesn't feel good. What do you mean? And he just didn't know. He goes, I'm an atheist. I'm just trying to make the rent. So, okay, I got you. Atheist trying to make the rent. I got you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's okay so um so you know so i start to you know again self-regulation self self yeah self-regulation self and part of the whole martial arts thing is to be able to self-regulate when you get in that state marty g was saying he doesn't like the street fight because he anticipates that he won't be able to stop right you get in that situation and so he takes he takes he uh, fundamentally it takes brazilian jiu-jitsu to he erect barriers between between you know him and the eventual horrible outcome even though paradoxically he gets more adept at getting to that outcome the fact that he can slice up those any exchange and remove certain elements that affect the normal untrained person like he can remove, he can remove fear he can remove you know this macho he can, all that stuff ego just get out of the way and it just becomes a technical exercise Unless he's really angry, and then of course he's got words to explain. And if somebody wants to take it to the physical level, well, then he can, then he can respond, right? So, um, so I start to think, well, what a mercy, you know? In other words, what about the ability to have foresight to to you know to back off? Like, why don't you back off? Why don't you leave these guys alone, right? So, what you what you what you, what you leave them alone? I'm speaking specifically of Ozzy. Leave him the fuck alone. The way we're gonna write this piece. But I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about it. And I was gonna go, you know, I'm gonna do the piece on Trump. Uh, and I start to think about Trump. And if you watch if the shoes fit last week, I had two people who were in Lost Battalion. And and Trump was one. And the other one was Carlos Watson. They were in Lost Battalion. 
or Misty, Misty AF, as Alexi likes to say. You know? So I said, okay, well, no, no, I'm going to do the piece on Trump. And then, but of course, it just kept coming up in my head. And then finally, I had to admit, like on Friday, I go, that's it. That's it. I'm I'm trying to avoid doing this because I don't want to seem like Captain Ahab for the same reason that the first book tour, at the end of it, I realized, you know, essentially what I've tried to sell the the American public is I'm fundamentally a good guy. They interview me on NPR for Raya Chidea and she's like, you're better. I heard essential take was you're better than these fist fighting yahoos, Eugene. I was like, yeah, you know, and I knew enough to resist then. But then I spent the whole book tour, like, you know, telling stories about let the good making right this evil wrong versus the fights I started. Yes, exactly. Ah, Mr. J.W., proud owner of a, of a, of a shirt, the same, probably the same shirt I'm wearing. So, uh, um, so then I realized on Friday, can't let him go. Can't let him go. Can't let him go. Some guy was talking to me. He said um, about my father, and they hit me, hit me with that, uh, hit me with that uh, uh, after school special shit. You know, hit me with that. Oh, you know, you know, you might not. But when he's gone, and then I had to say some ugly, ugly words. I- I'm getting to that. Ugly, ugly words, and I heard them come out of my ear out of my mouth and i said to everybody who hears these words they will sound ugly and i will not i will sound unwell for having said them but i am obsessed with telling you the truth and that's the god's honest truth and you can fill in what you think i said about my father so this is it i had to do it I had to do it. I had to do it. It was a new story of the day. It was picked up and carried. Craig Silverman from was the Center for Responsible Journalism or somebody picked it up. Vice covered it. And they all covered it from the point of view of, of people who were like, I can't believe it. They didn't cover it from the point of view of somebody who was employee number one and was there for nine years. Oh, yeah, that, that was pretty cool, man. So that you know, so I had to. So in other words, I, you know, I had to write it. And and the reality of it is, you know, you, you telescope in and out of 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 like, okay, how do I want to? Do I want? And you telescope in and out. And then fundamentally, what I'm really tuned to, and I just at this point now, I call them the puppet masters. You know, and and and. Like the guy, Brendel, who was working with Jeffrey Epstein, he just killed himself. <laughs> a guy who was complaining about prison conditions not even a week ago killed himself. He shot himself 12 times in the back. What a terrible suicide that was. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein, he was so depressed. He stabbed himself in the back 20 times. Terrible suicide. (laughs) Come on, man. 
I mean, you know, you know, you do know, you do know that QAnon. Look, I talked about this on If the Shoes Fit. Kinski, Klaus Kinski writes an autobiography, which fundamentally is him talking for 400 pages about every single person he had sex with. The book is about to come out. He's He and the publishing company are immediately hit with like 20 lawsuits. If you publish this book, this is what's going to happen. So they go, oh my God. He's already been paid. He doesn't give a fuck. He's off. Child molesting, daughter raping, Klaus Kinski is off. They edit the fuck out of the book, edit it down to like 220 pages, and release it as Kinski uncut. That's puppet master thinking. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the question is, how come Gislaine, Gilaine is still alive? The only reason Ghislaine is still alive is because the puppet masters want her alive. The only reason that QAnon is a thing is because the puppet masters want to discredit, uh, discredit any, like, it's like the guy walking behind him, uh, dragging, uh, what was that, that great Howlin' Wolf song, I'm a tail dragger, I'm trying to hide my tracks, <laughs> you know? dragging something back and forth behind you to hide your tracks so that anytime you talk about things like puppet master people go oh yeah yeah you're one of those QAnon. there's nothing to do with QAnon. it has to do with their levels to this game if you believe that jeffrey epstein really killed himself and that brendel really killed himself okay I'm not going to do any raised eyebrow table hitting. If that's if that if you're comfortable with that, go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. I believe I believe you know I believe QAnon is a psyop. That's fine. It's a game based on game theory. There's a guy who wrote about that. Doesn't matter. I'm looking at the guy behind the guy. And when I start looking like that, I realize that, 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 that Watson is an effect. I got to write the piece. I got to write the piece. If you, think, if you think that Vladimir Putin has anything to really gain from a hot war in the Ukraine, you're out of your mind. War is the least effective way of generating revenue. Least effective. And if war pops off, you know what I did last week? I think February 13th or February 11th, I put it into play. If you've been paying attention to the stock, it's been crapping. Stock market's been crapping. Why has it been crapping? Because of war and rumors of war. Like I said, on if the shoes fit, you want to know what the smart money does? We were talking about politics and Republicans and Democrats. Smart money pays attention to what Mitch McConnell is doing. This guy's been at the million, the million dollar jackpot table, poker table, for over 20 years. Like the guy or hate the guy, to stay in that high roller room, you got to be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. They say China is making noises because (laughs) Chinese are not fucking stupid. They're like, whoa, 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 U.S., uh, you got some rent that needs to be paid here before you go gallivanting about with $81 billion aircraft carriers that don't work. How about paying us? <laughs> hey, ease up on this global policeman shit. They have no in- The only reason that China might have any interest at all in a hot war is because they're like, what are we going to do with all these young men hanging around in squares again? Got to get rid of them. Puppet master thinking. Which is why when I look at the fight this weekend and I, I, I t- uh, John tied with me and I look at Buckley and I feel his impassioned Tom Jode speech about the reason I have Detroit dust here is because he's done more to drum job interest in this fight than, than the Oofsie. The Oofsie doesn't give a fuck about you, bro. They're not in the business of, of, of they're not, you'd be better off hiring a PR company. You're fundamentally misunderstanding what the Usi's about now. Listen, Gilda Squire was the head of PR at HarperCollins when I put out my fight book. Fighter, everything you ever want to know about asking anymore, free to get asking for asking. She was a top PR woman there. Loved the book. And she's telling me we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Radio is the most convenient driver for book sales. We're going to do get you a lot of stuff on the radio. And and uh, uh, you know, are you? And I was like, cool. And I really like Gilda Squire. I didn't trust her. You know why I didn't trust her? Because nobody cares about me more than me. With the exception of my mother. And she wasn't doing PR for HarperCollins. So I got all the guy who booked the guys who book Oxbow shows. You know, these people out there, fighters out there, unschooled. We're not asking for a handout, we're asking for a hand. You're asking for a handout. The UFC has no interest in generating any the <laughs> you know what? Sign the contract. Well, it's blank. Uh, you know, sign it and we'll fill it in later. And then you find this press. They have no interest in creating another accused anal rapist Connor McNuggets. You know, they saw what that was like for half a second. The guy demanding ownership stake. They saw what that was like for half a second with Johnny Boney Joni. Now I got those guys barreled. They are not making any celebrities at all. John Fitch. Why do you think that Kungo got so quickly dispatched? Because Kungo had a presence in Hollywood. Yeah, he was losing fights, but that wasn't the story. And then he suddenly turns up a dirty drug test. Was he or wasn't he? I knew the man. Maybe he was. But he wasn't the only one. Puppet Master, also a great movie by Full Moon Pictures. Wrote about them one point in time. <laughs> yes, hit. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Hit the <laughs> hit the like button, and then also the the thing, so you, it lets you know when we we do another show. So, it, it, you know, Buckley, I, I love your impassioned speech. Or you're talking. Cover your own ass. Cover your own ass. 
get yourself uh you know get yourself a pr person get yourself an agency get out there do what you got to do do what you got to do cuz nobody's going to can help you more than you're going to help you you're waiting oh you're such a big star yeah they should have done something i don't know the the, the bald one doesn't really he should have made francis Ngannou. that story of coming back uh, fighting with an mc out there the heavy toughest the baddest man on the planet and you don't make hay the guy who was sleeping in dumpsters and, and instead you have his old coach said oh you don't understand everybody from cameroon comes here and does that yeah, but everybody from Cameroon doesn't end up heavyweight champion of the world. They don't want to create stars because you can't control them. I mean, I remember being at AKA when uh, Velasquez was there and seeing Josh Koscheck flip out on Javier Mendez. And Javier Mendez, like, guy, he has to pick the day when the journalist is here. And uh, today, dark star, Josh Koscheck. Oh, man. What happened to that guy? what happened so let's back up a bit let's go let's go to the misty express of of johnny walker red let's talk about johnny walker red also known as a brazilian west sims he's never coming back you know the problems that brazilian fighters have with head the same one I have. That's why I'm really familiar with it. That spiraling overthinking that happens. The monster in the closet. What if I lose? What if I, are they going to fire me? Are they gonna, oh my God, I can't lose again. I can't. I, oh my God. The guy, oh, now I'm losing. Oh, uh, I got to get, I can't, I can't. Oh God, now the fight's over. You just got highlight reeled for all the wrong reasons, my friend. And the tweet that came after, we're not even going to talk about that because you got into Wednesday to say and do crazy things. My first MMA match, I got knocked out. I got knocked out at the end of the first round, told everybody I was fine, came back and then got choked out the second round. I was not okay for probably two days after that. Yeah, if Walker hasn't figured out that uh, he needs to leave SBG, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is something that it, what, it, what EB is saying, this is something that I'm, I'm trying to get to. I, I imagine probably he's based on the woman I saw him with on his Twitter, on his uh, Instagram thing. Maybe he's got some woman in, 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 in Dublin and, you know. Uh, that's what's keeping him there. Yeah, possession. What thoughts on possession? What are you talking about, JW? <laughs> yeah. No, Johnny Walker, not Julian. So, uh, I mean, how do you spin that? You don't. You don't. You don't spin it. You're not going to take anybody down. You're not going to threaten anybody on the ground. There's a, there, there is a bounty on your chin. And that was a sloppily delivered temple shot, but it worked. Listen, I've had, I've been hit in the ear in a fight and felt my, my equilibrium go. 
But in order to not have the fight stopped, this was Fight Club, but they would still stop fights. In order to, I start, you know, breakdancing on the floor like I'm trying to pull somebody into my guard. And it was a small enough ring so I could actually do that until I was not dizzy enough and could actually stand up. That's not what happened to Johnny Walker. And and I'll tell you, if the second shot hadn't have been delivered, he still wasn't getting up. Not right away. I mean, you know, so all the reasons that we came to MMA about the rising and advancing of the spirit, the platonic triad of the beautiful, good, the true, and taking the sense world from the, the realm of eternal ideas and fashioning in the sense world, this is increasingly what I'm paying attention to is failure and limitation. This is what the UFC is selling us. Chad Skelly says, I'm retiring. <laughs> and people are like, huh? He fights an exciting fight, and they're like, oh, man, that was great. We got to keep you in. You know? <laughs> well, maybe I should have retired. Sucker. They got you. You shouldn't retire. Bro, you've been retired. Because I went to jujitsu this morning and was talking to fighters about Chaz Skelly, and they were like, who? Dark Star, Phantom Toll Booth. Call it what you want. Now, Doc House, that was a fight worth talking about. I'm not crazy about his brother, but this was... <laughs> Uh, and I was thinking Pickett would actually be able to do. This is what we do in jujitsu. If you're ever so lucky, you tap a guy with one second left. Oh my God, that was like Holloway, Max Holloway screaming at DC while he was punching Calvin Cater. So I'm slow, huh? Pop. I'm slow, huh? Pop. <laughs> looking, not even looking at the guy. No look shot and hitting him. Listen, you know, they always see those signs about leave your ego at the door. And I've talked about how I've gone to other schools, but the, the effort of trying to be normal at that just, it just makes me, I just can't. You know, at the Sorrell Academy, like, no, no, bring your, bring your ego here. The, what happens for us on the mat is the least significant. Like the military, you know, I'm using whatever is at my disposal to make your, to, to make you quit. I'm about to get murdered by the 260-pound Romanian there the other day. Yeah, that's horrible. The begging for the bonus money is horrible. And so this was today. And he's digging his chin in my eye socket and just about to, and I was like, I could barely take it. And then all of a sudden, through, um, through the clouds, and he's grinding it, and he's like saying, you fucking piece of shit. He's running, running, shit. And I, his ear is like pressed up, and I go, I'm gonna stick my fucking tongue in your ear. And the guy goes, oh, 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 homosexual panic. And I got out. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'll play on anything. You got it. This is so I remember dating this woman who was like, you know, an Avita chick, you know, oils and essential. And she's, doesn't, isn't working out such a, uh, such a wonderful, you know, freeing. And I go, what? No. No, it's not wonderful and freeing. 
it for me it's a clearing house for all of the dark ne- negativity that 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 I that I need some place to put it. That's what's going on when I'm lifting weights. Yeah, I'll show you. It's like the whole Popeye, Popeye the Sailor Man rant the whole time. Except now with jujitsu, I can verbalize it. And God forbid I should get the peek at the clock and it's 13 seconds later. I'm like, you suck. You got nothing. You are terrible. Your whole life you've been terrible. <laughs> this is, this is jujitsu. So when I see Dow Cows pull off that Dars, when somebody said, said what, do they, what do they call him? The Dars Knight? He said, they don't call him that, says Marty G. That's the name he gave himself. Nobody gave him that self. They gave him that name. <laughs> But it was great. I like to see big guys do jujitsu, and it was like, you know, Pickett's a uh, two-stripe black brown belt. So am I. Which gave me pause. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm not ready. (laughs) Give me a few more years. I'm not ready. I mean, I'd like to think I wouldn't. He said, what did he say? Something terrible happened to him. Oh, he almost bit his tongue off, is what Pickett was saying. <laughs> and you could hear, screw that, bro. Tap. Second or not, you don't want to leave with your fucking, your, your tongue in your hand with your mouthpiece. No. That was solid. Uh, what else? The rest of the card, uh, fights in the card, uh, I, I um, John and Steph didn't really like Parker Porter and I think you need to watch that fight, and I think they're both terribly, terribly wrong. Because I look at Baudo as a window into Cyril Gan. He, in my mind, was the the blueprint for how Cyril Gan could actually fight an exciting fight. And I don't believe he won that fight, but I believe he should have won that fight. Yeah, Jim Miller is in Jim Miller is in a class with Joe Lozon and these guys who like, you know, have a perfect what is it? Let's go back to Magnum Force with Clint Eastwood, Don Siegel. And uh he's this good man, always knows his limitations. I mean, what I find kind of most horrifying about about MMA sometimes is that what happens is you get to see people like most of us will will never get most of us will never have that kind of reckoning. Like I like Martin Amos as a writer. I read Martin Amos's writing and I go, I could never do something like that. But in implicit in my understanding of, I could never generate a book like uh, Times Arrow, one of my favorite Martin Amos books about you know, Nazi Germany, is. Dylan from Don't Look Don't Look Back. I could sing better than Caruso if I wanted to. I just don't want to. I mean, I think when I say I love Martin Amos, what I'm really saying is I really love the way Martin Amos writes. I have no interest in trying to Martin Amos Eugene Robinson. I understand that fundamentally, probably qualitatively, what Martin Amos is doing is is qualitatively better than what Eugene Robinson does. It doesn't change the fact that I like him as much as I like me, not more. 
I would rather be me on any given day writing what I'm writing than to Martin Amos for even a minute. But that's not that's not the oofsie. That's not the oofsie. You get to watch people fight after fight, come people who are not nearly as well equipped come face to face with real limitations. And I don't mean physical, physical, oh, you know, hurt, but yeah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking, we're talking about, we're talking about people like having that chemical precursor and still doing the bad thing. Now, Lo Joe Lazan looks at it like, yeah, I got friends who are pipe fitters, who are construction workers. I got friends, and, you know, I got more than they do. And all I got to do is run on a treadmill and do some push-ups and punch a guy a few times. That's all right, whatever. What kind of dreams do you have for you? And Jim Miller's cut from the same cloth. You know, got a good house out, got a wife, family. I love to train. It's an excuse to be able to do so. I mean, you can't tell me that Jim Miller is training more often than I do. I train seven days a week. He might be training longer. But, you know, that means he's spending more of that seven days doing what he does. And I don't, like Kung Lee unkindly said when I came back from some when at Grappler's Quest, having won the whole thing and got one of those big dookie belts and was wearing it around. I just was wearing it. Because if you have one, you understand. And if you don't, I don't give a shit. And he was walked by and said at the exact right moment, they pay you for that? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, Jim Miller, Hall of Fame, you know, he's got some record. He hasn't taken a lot of damage. Um, I mean, he's been fighting a long time, and I'm sure he's taken more damage than the rest of us. But generally, he's getting in and getting out. I don't feel bad about Jim Miller being there because like Mr. Marcus, the porn star said, it seems as though Jim has got a real good idea of what the job was when he took it. Just like Joe Lazon, not a person you feel sorry for. Johnny Walker is a person you might feel sorry for. Mark Coleman is a person you might feel sorry for. I mean, you do understand if if Tom Cruise never makes another movie again, it doesn't mean that Tom Cruise has failed. Right? <laughs> you do realize it. If, however, you do realize if Deion Sanders doesn't make another terrible hip-hop record again, it doesn't mean that Deion Sanders has failed. A friend of mine <clears throat> used to live in a building. Yeah. A friend of mine used to live in a building. Well, he still does. I just haven't talked to him where Barry Bonds lives, baseball player. And they're having in the common room. It's one of these expensive penthouse high rises. And they were having some, they're Indians. And so they were having some kind of big family thing, right? And I say they're Indians just because I could say that Barry Bonds could have been lurking outside. It could have been a cultural curiosity. Everybody's dressed up in saris and you know silk suits and so on. But he keeps noticing him out there. And pretty soon he's been out there for a long time. He's got a little dog. And some of the kids run out to see his dog. He's like, oh, the kids are talking to Barry Bonds. 
I finally can't take it. He goes out and he says, hey, Barry, uh, want to come in? Says, can I? Can I? You know, I talked to a roadie, Aerosmith roadie, and he was saying the saddest thing in the world. He's been with them for like 17 years. The saddest thing in the world was when Steven Tyler got clean. They didn't know what to do with himself after the show. He was like, what are you guys going to do? Can, can I hang out with you? I said, uh, yeah, Steven, we got to. We gotta break down the set. Oh, oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Set didn't know what to do with himself. So you see a guy if you're drinking down the Huntington Beach, and you see a guy like like Tank Abbott. Now I don't know, I don't know what how Tank Abbott is managing to live, but I, I think about that often. The economics of fame. I had one of my guys interview Jaiman uh, 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 Hunsu. You're like, who's that? The African actor who was in Gladiator. And he's been in a bunch of movies. Started out in the Janet Jackson video. He's been in a bunch of movies. And so the guy came and he said, hey, he turned the piece in. I go, so where's he, where's he live? Where's he live? And he was like, well, he, he lives here in Beverly Hills. I was like, really? He's got, well, he's got a pretty swank place, right? He's like, no, man, he lives in an apartment. There's a guy who's living right. I tell you, a friend of mine now has got a high-paying job at Facebook. You know where he was living up until past week? He was living in his in his fucking truck. Had a friend go away, and now he's like kind of subletting the place, which means he was just living in he was just living in the guy's house. But he says, I feel fine living in my truck. Fine. And it's like, yeah, I used to live in a van and I fundamentally don't, I could easily do that again. You never forget having lived in a van. Never forget. And you always, a friend of mine was a prostitute. And she was like, always got that in my back pocket. <laughs> Traveled the world with not a nickel in her butt. So I always know things. She actually made some money in the stock market, got out. So it depends on how you approach this stuff. But these guys in there begging for bonuses. <laughs> begging for bonuses. 50 Cent has got the greatest line. You know, yeah, you can make it money, good. I can't make none with you, then fuck you. Your success is only significant to me insofar as it's our success. And if there's no our in the your, then I'm sorry. Good for you. Fuck you. If I saw the bald one on the street, you realize I have seen him on the street. And it's always funny. Because before my hair went all gray, he would look at me. Like he thought I was a fighter that he almost recognized. <laughs> In actual fact, the only reason he recognized me is because I had been there as a representative of Future Publishing, pitching a turnkey publication for the UFSI. So he saw me in his office. And I got to watch him. This may have even been, this was definitely before, before I started knuckle up. 
I'm on the phone. I'm bald. I'm on the phone and I'm bald. What the fuck are you talking to? You're not talking to anybody. You're not talking to nobody on that. You're trying to impress me? Stop it. I wasn't meeting with him either. I was meeting with Jennifer Wink. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, they were like, oh, great. We're glad you want to start the publication. Give us $2 million. I said, no, we do everything. And we even give you the profits, but we don't pay you for the right to do that. So the deal went in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And then, and then, let me tell you, if you think, I got real weird feelings about BKFC. Because Puppet Master, you know, the presence of BKFC, the presence of Bellator, the presence of all these fight allow them to get away away from the uh, a monopoly tag, you know. But we know, we know there was a connection between Bellator and the UFC. There has been. Scott Coker and and the bald one are known associates and have done business before in the past. Yeah. Khabib, oh, he's going to start this Eagle FC. Oh, to be a competitor to to the UFC. Really? (laughs) No, I don't. We don't break the tie. John and I don't break the tie on Care Don't Care. You all have to go into the comments and break the tie. That's what happens. I think that's the way you said yourself. You set up that way yourself. So Eagle FC, he's there at the fights, and he's starting a competing organization. Stop it. Like RoboCop said, they'll fix it. They fix everything. They fix everything. Oh, it's real competition now. Oh, my God. You know, and this is the thing. This is the thing where you just got, you get, there's a point at which, I mean, this is, Look, any any one of the bad things are bad enough, right? Like some guy rolls up on you, give me your fucking money. Okay, that's a drag. Well, here's the money. Now give me the wallet too. Bro, you don't need my CVS card. Fucking give it to me. You don't need my driver's license. Give it to me. <sighs> Insult, injury. Give me your car keys. It's a stick shift. You can't drive the stick. Throws the keys in the sewer like he did to my friend uh, Zep. In Newark. Fuck, bro. I mean, you know, the UFC, this is singularly that experience. You got guys begging... You know, you got these fake other, you know, what do you, you think Mike Perry is, or a roided out Chad Mendes is supposed to make me feel better? Steph described it as, oh, a weekend of pretty, pretty solid fights. Yeah. I mean, at least you can watch boxing and know that that top, the, the guys that you're actually seeing are able to, <laughs> they could blow it. Which is what they want you to think will happen. You give a poor person money. Look, 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 look at them. Look how they do. Look at them. Look how they do. You can't give them money. You can't do money. 
You, can, you just can't. You can't. You can't give it to them. You just can't. But at least they're losing large sums of money in there, begging for fifty grand. You know what kind of tax bite you get? I did a job for a guy and got forty-two grand like that, and I didn't have to get punched in the face to do it. In fact, the exact opposite. <laughs> Another time. So you know, I, I, I start to think, you know. Again, this is an extended meditation on the nature of mercy. And I'm like, this is one of those words. This is one of those words that just gets the suckers to take their eyes off the cards for a few seconds. Mercy. I think Miller's doing it just to get out of the house. And at this point now, he's made, he's breaking records, right? Hall of Fame, done. And who wants to retire at 30, whatever he is, 36, 37? Well, nobody will believe me if I say it anyway. No, I hung him outside of a window by his ankles. <laughs> For $42,000. Joke. I'm joking. <laughs> no. So. Mercy. There's no mercy. It's like there's honor and loyalty, you know. Uh, um, I'll tell you. Very specifically, when they did that article on me, Eugene Robinson chokes out rowdy concert goers by this woman, Mary Spacuza. Um, Mary Spacuza, and she and she interviews some guy, and the guy says, "What's the one note no, noteworthy quality about Eugene?" He goes, "His loyalty." And I go, "Yeah, that's one of those fuzzy fucking words." And I don't, I don't say that you should use that word lightly with me. However, if you get to the heart of what he means. And that's it. If I like you, it's very little that will shake me off of liking you. Even if you're a piece of shit. And if you do me a good turn, like that other friend of mine said, who was the undersecretary of defense, George W. Bush's administration, he said, Eugene's like a dog. You do something nice to him, he's yours forever. Pretty much even though he was pre-notifying me of his intent to not be the world's best friend, I understood that. But he always had a special place in my heart because he was always good to me. If that's loyalty, so be it. I have to say, you know, infidelity, okay, maybe you sleep with married women. I don't know. Point is, only once in my life have I ever slept with the the ex of somebody who I really liked. And there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about that. Yes, I was 16 at the time, but so loyalty is a complicated thing. But mercy, mercy, you show me some, show me some somewhere. They say a mark of true power is a man who shows mercy. I, I saw in a movie last night that this was written. I get subtitles, you know. Like, really? I don't even know what that is, mercy. Mercy. 
I suggest we go back to the book of Bad Brains for this one before we conclude the show. And in the end, you just may see that what you receive is what you gave to me, which is very much what the Undersecretary of Defense was saying about me. If you've extended me mercy, then on all likelihood, you will get mercy back from me. But there is remarkably little, and it's in short supply. And every one of these guys fighting for the UFC should know that. They are not making decisions based on mercy. And maybe they should retire Donald Cerrone, and he just likes him. Maybe Chuck Liddell shouldn't have a no-show job at the UFC, but he just likes him. But if you think that's you, it's not you. I could name the guys that Dana, oh, sorry, that the bald one likes. Liddell, Cerrone, who famously was quoted as saying, I don't even know what money is. That's a good friend to have if you got lots of money. What is this stuff, Dana? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Hey, I don't know either. Okay, good. Let's go. <laughs> I, for the life of me, can't think of anybody in that inner circle that Dana, the, the bald one, has ma- that maintains that is, uh, that's, uh, you know what I mean, you know. Maybe looks a little like me. <laughs> Name one. Name one. Here we go. Even go. Give, give me. Give me a. Uh, give me a uh, Latino guy. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I've gone a little bit over. And the Russian hackers are in DC. I don't think I think DC is a company guy. I don't think he's in a circle. I don't. I don't. I don't think you find him at the UFC headquarters walking around with no shoes. Nah, nah. They got they got gigs. They're very conditional gigs. There's a big difference between DC and Liddell. Um, big difference. Big difference. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what Ronda, if that's what you got to do, what if you got to do what Ronda did to get in the inner circle, I'm okay not being in the inner circle. <laughs> Doing that. No, no, no. Anyway, this is version a two, a zero, four. The kid is sleeping in the other room, so I can't scream. Read the sub stack. You should know where it is. You should know where it is at this point. EugeneSRobinson.substack.com. We'll see you Tuesday night. If the shoes fit with John Nash, I can rub it in some more. Care Don't Care goes at noon tomorrow on the Twitter machine. And uh, uh, Tuesday, I also have a Wong Duty piece for the Live Five with an animator from Daria. I got I to ask her five questions and she answered them. It's great. You should read it. I'll put it out on the Twitter. Follow me at, at Eugene S. Robinson. My mother's worried with this indigestion. She thinks I should take Pepsi or something. I think I, that's like thalidomide, isn't it? She says no. Anyway, yes, Samir. Yeah, that is Samir in the yellow shirt. No, no. no you mean at the bottom one? No. 
in the, the, the office shot, Samir is to my left in the back behind me. But uh, yeah, and Mr. Is has got it right. We'll see you next Sunday. Don't die. Look what you made me do.